Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. Reunion choir before you leave, can you uh, add this to your calendar every week? Because man, you all sounded awesome. And I know Bob would love to have you back. But thank you once again for, for all the hard work that went into that and, and for showing up and coming back. Uh, we would really love to have you back. Uh, Shanna leaned over to me and said, Matt, this is what heaven sounds like. And, I, and, and man, I'm just blown away. It was just so awesome, and I almost feel like I don't need to preach, but I'm, I'm, I'm required to by discipline. So a few weeks ago, I was, um, I was talking with a, a new friend of mine, um, author Matt Rawl, and, and he was talking about his book to me about um, the Nutcracker. And, and when he was talking to me, he said this line that, that stuck with me, and, and it worked on me. And, and as I was um, thinking about Advent, it, it just kept coming back a time and time again. He said, hope needs help. And he prefaced it by saying, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Now with faith, hope and love remain. These three things, and the greatest of these, is love. Paul sandwiches hope between faith and love, and, and these are kind of important things needed for hope to happen. Faith and love. And so thinking about that and, and thinking about Advent, which is faith, hope, love, and joy... Um, we find ourselves centered in this time and place. And so for the next four weeks, we would love for you to come and join us in here as we work towards that anticipation of the coming of Jesus. Hope does need a little bit of help. And before we dive into that, let, let's, let's enter an attitude of prayer. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, you are here. You are here before I got here in the morning to, to get ready for this today. You were here even long before that. And so, Lord, we come before you today and, and open our ears and our hearts to what the Scripture may say to us. Open our ears and, and our hearts to what your Spirit is stirring within us. Holy Spirit, come. And fill our hearts with your peace. And all of us gathered here said, Amen. The scripture lesson for today comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. Listen to these words. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill my gracious promise with the people of Israel and Judah. In those days, at that time, I will raise up a righteous branch from David's line who will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is what he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hope needs hope. Hope needs help with hope. It, it, you can't just have hope by itself. You've you got to go, you got to know what it means. And do you know what it means to hope? 
If you've been a student at any time in your life, you've probably lived with some kind of hope, hope that you would take uh, the test properly and, and pass, hope that, that maybe the teacher won't show up and you won't have to take the exam, hope that, hope that you did your homework right, that, that you'll get the right grade, hope that in the end you'll get the A even though you didn't do the work, that somewhere miraculously those were things that I hoped for and longed for and anticipated with not much success. Hope is something we long for. In our scripture reading today, we, we hear the words from the prophet Jeremiah, and, and, and he's trying to encourage these people. You have to understand, like these were people who were in exile. People had lost everything that they had and were forced to move from one place to another and settle. And if you remember from the first year when we did, when we walked through the book of Jeremiah, and I know it may seem like a distant memory, but remember we were talking about how they were anticipating that something was going to change and they were going to end back in Jerusalem. They lived off of hope. They thrived off of it. They needed it. Just like we do today. Some of us are hopeless. We've lost hope because things have gotten rough. We've lost hope inside of, of what is before us because maybe... It didn't end up the way that we planned. We've lost hope because we don't know what our future holds. Hope is the anticipation of the future. And, and when we think more on hope, there, there, there was a neuroscientist who, who argues that hope is essential for our own survivals, where it's hardwired into our brains. We need it to thrive and to survive and it can mean the difference between making it through, like I said in the grades, you know, like I can't tell you how many times I lived off of hope trying to make sure that I would at least pass the class. And I can't tell you how many times my dad and my mom would remind me that it takes more than hope to pass the class. You have to actually be involved and engaged. It's kind of like our faith journeys, you know. We can lose sight of hope because we've, we've lost track of doing the work of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We, we, we lose sight and focus of what it really means to follow Jesus. And, and when we're faced with a difficult situation, we lose hope because we lost sight of the light that's at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes we need to be reminded of the light, and that's why I love Advent. Advent is a season that centers us and focuses us. We don't even talk about Jesus' birth yet. Like, hold on to that. Leave that for December 24th when you come and we sing Silent Night and we hear the story told. Hold on to that until then. But let's work on hope now because this world needs it. Hope needs help with hope. Hopeful athletes perform better on the field. I, I kind of think that's why Alabama was a little bit more faithful than Georgia. They had hope that they could pull through, even though it didn't look so great. Because let me tell you, as I was looking on uh, the internet, those Alabama fans, their hope, you could actually chart it. It went like this pretty fast. But then all of a sudden it started coming back. Oh, you fans, you know what that looks like. You did the same thing. Texas went up, hope went down. OU comes back, hope goes up. And we hope and long for the playoff that we so willingly deserved. Had we not lost to Texas the first time, it wouldn't be such a hard thing to think about. You know, research shows that, that hopelessness is a strong predictor of mortality. Research also shows that people who have felt hopeless are more than twice as likely to die. 
we need hope. We need to learn how to be more hopeful. And that's the question. What are you hoping for? That in the end, everything will be all right, right? There'll be no suffering. There'll be no death. And, 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 and what we lean into, where we hope, is what matters. So as you think about Christmas and, and when we hang on to, to Jesus' birth, like don't get caught up in everything else that Christmas isn't. Christmas isn't about gifts. It's not about overwhelming yourself with, with your schedules and, and, and all that stuff. It, it, it's about being present and, and paying attention to where Christ is in the world and, and naming it and claiming it and holding on to it and showing the world what hope looks like. Because when we show the world what hope looks like through, through our lens of Jesus, amazing things can happen. One of my favorite theologians, Jürgen Moltmann, who, who literally pioneered the theology of hope, he has this great line that says, God is our last hope because we are God's first love. God is our last hope because we are God's first love. It's hardwired into us. That when things are difficult and, and, and things are struggling, that where do we turn to? Our faith. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. In the season of Advent, we, we long and hope for a Savior to come in our lives and, and shape and change us. My hope is that by the end of this time, that, that by Christmas time, you're just in tears because you start to realize how much in, that is important in our lives and how much we need that. And it starts with hope. We need hope to come into our lives to shape and change us. Just like God did when he inspired those, those missionaries to come west. They were entering into a place and a time that they didn't know. They didn't know where they were going. Could you imagine if you felt God calling it upon your heart to go to a land you did not know? That's what happened almost 180 years ago. There were people that came as missionaries to this area and, and, and tried to establish communities. And sometimes they were successful, sometimes they were not. And for a long time, they were looking and searching to create a presence of God and Christ into this world. That was just 180 years ago. And a few years later, a chapel was built, Riley Chapel. In 1843, Riley Chapel was completed and they celebrated and, and had a great service and, and, and they lived out their faith for many years. Hope abounded in that congregation, so much so that and they were sharing God's love with everybody in the world that, that they outgrew that building and, and in 1856 they built another chapel with the help of Cherokee Chief John Ross and other prominent community members they were able to finance Sion Chapel with which really was a beautiful chapel from some of the drawings and pictures I've seen. I forgot to take a picture of that this week. That chapter, that chapel only, that chapter of the story only lasted until 1888. But the hope of Methodism survived and thrived because people were willing to be faithful and do whatever it takes to spread the gospel. They had hope. 
even when it didn't look good, even when they had to abandon the chapel. And, and you know what happens after they abandoned the other chapel, the second chapel that they outgrew, they abandoned it, but then they moved into homes and, and had church in homes and they had circuit riders that came in. They didn't have a pastor that just sat in the office every day. They were lucky to see their pastor once a quarter. And the church thrived and survived because people took initiative because they had hope. They knew that God was coming and, and going to change the world, and, and then they built another church, which I couldn't find any pictures of it. The first Methodist church in Tahlequah actually uh, resided across the street from what is now Sequoia Elementary School. You know that church that's there now? Yeah, none of those buildings were there. Those are newer. But that's where the first Methodist church resided in Tahlequah for a long time. From 1889 until 1911. And for that time, let me tell you, they went through some of the things that we went through. Struggle. Debt. Sometimes a little bit of hopelessness because the world seemed broken. I mean, could you imagine what it would look like to, to live through a time during the Civil War when neighbor would fight against neighbor. When people who would attend church one Sunday would find themselves on the battlefield against each other the next. But they persevered. They thrived off of hope. And, and for many years, until 1911, when, when they decided that they had outgrown that space and they needed to move, and so they found a plot of land just across the street. In 1911, they would uh, consecrate this new building which some of you remember. Some of you were married in there. Some of you were baptized in there. Some of you really miss that place. You know, the first public service that was held there was the baccalaureate service for Northeastern State University. It was held in that building in 1911. And through the Depression in that time, think about that, they, they survived the Depression and were able to make it through because they had hope and longing to share Christ with this community for a very long time. And, and quickly, they outgrew that space. And maybe some of you remember the groundbreaking in April of 1967 of this current facility that we're sitting on right now. We had outgrown that space, and, and we knew that we needed to grow, and we needed to move into a bigger and better building, and so we did. Some of you are in that picture. You might remember where you are. Some of you, it's just as fuzzy of a memory as it is on the screen. And here's my why for doing this today. 51 years ago, on December 3rd, this place was consecrated for worship. And ever since that time, we have attempted to carry out hope into this community, to try to give hope to the hopeless, to, to help those who are in need, to be a church of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. So we're here today in our current facility, this beautiful building. It's awesome. And man, I would love for you all to come back every Sunday from now on. Just, just make it a commitment. Because it gives us energy. It gives us hope that there is a future for the next 
175 years. No matter what is uncertain, there is light at the end of our tunnel. Hope abounds through all of us. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, the Lord of our righteousness. Hope needs help with hope. It needs hope to get, to get it over, to, to make it real, to, to make it something that we can grasp on. And, and, and that thing we look forward to, that thing we long, it, it is really just that. December 24th, when we're all sitting in here singing Silent Night, holding a candle. And we remember that time and that place when Christ came into our lives and shaped and changed us. Christian hopes needs help, and it needs help with you. Help to bring hope to those who are hopeless. Love to those who do not know Christ's love and joy of what it means to live fully in God's presence. And as Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, he said these words, And the peace of God which suppresses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And here's the thing to hang your hat on, the thing to remember. Keep your eyes, your minds, your bodies, yourself centered on Christ. And that's the seed of hope that leads to great things. God's doing amazing things here. And it's because of you. And that's bringing hope to those who need it. And so in this season of Advent, as we prepare our hearts and minds for, for all of it, remember to keep Jesus at your center. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at tahlequahumc.org.